Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, guys, you're coming back with another episode of The Wake Up Call. Today, I wanna help you get more out of your strength training routine. And the way that I wanna help you do that is by making sure you are using the right piece of equipment, the right tool. And this is super important because most people, unfortunately, pigeonhole themselves by using a tool that their friend is using, that they've seen, which is popular in fitness magazines or is just rampant in commercial gyms. And what I mean by that is something that is perhaps just everywhere. And by that, I mean machines. And you might be surprised by which tool or tools you should be using. So I'm hoping by the end of this podcast, you'll have a bit more of an understanding of the different options you have available to you and perhaps some things to watch out for when you perform your strength training. So I'm going to start by just saying not all training tools are created equal. And that's precisely why I own so many different pieces of kit, different training tools and various pieces of equipment. I have dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, sandbags, balls. I have uh, sandbags without handles. I have squat racks. I have plates. I have bands. I have a variety. I have a plethora of equipment at my disposal, which I use with my clients. And the reason that I own all of these different tools is not because they look pretty and uh, they're fun to use. They're all very, very fun and enjoyable to use. But the reason that I have such a diverse range of equipment is because not everybody should be using the same equipment. And the reason I say that they shouldn't be using the same equipment is because of all of the factors that go into creating a good program, all the considerations that need to be taken into play, your training history, what you've done in the past, your training age, how long you've actually been training consistently for, and injury history as a big one. So if I know, for example, somebody who's coming into me and they have a history of back pain, there's a couple red flags, there's a couple things which kind of stand out to me before we even get going, which is going to change and alter my decision-making progress uh, process, I should say, when it comes to writing programs. And you need to watch out for a couple of these things as well. And I'm gonna go through some scenarios which you might find yourself in or you might have seen in the, in the gym or whenever you've been training. But I want you to remember one thing. Strong is strong, okay? Lifting heavy weights is great. So when I mean heavy weights, I'm talking, you know, barbells, dumbbells. Lifting those is fantastic. Lifting heavy objects is great. So that might come in the form of kettlebells. Lifting awkward implements is also great. So that might become in the fact of, you know, a sandbag or just something really awkward. Maybe it's a keg, maybe it's a stone doesn't really matter, but strong is strong. And you've got to make sure that you're using the right tool for you, all right? So what I'm talking about here is using the right tool for the right person at the right time. If you're a beginner, if you have never touched a weight in your life or perhaps you're brand new, you might be better off using certain pieces of equipment versus somebody who is a 10 year veteran who is very an experienced lifter and they might be well versed in and have fantastic technique using a barbell 
or maybe you do kettlebell sport and you are just absolutely proficient at kettlebells or you want to get into doing that. There's going to be a different piece of equipment for you to get the desired outcome and result we're looking for. But one thing I have learned as a coach is that you have to use the right tool for the right person. So this this means someone might be uh, unsuitable to use a barbell. Maybe somebody just doesn't have good motor control and good proprioception or body awareness and they cannot maintain good control of a barbell. So maybe right now isn't the right time for this person to use a barbell. One person might be better suited for sandbag training. And a third person might excel using dumbbells. And it really comes down to you as an individual, your past training history, uh, your injury history, and what your actual goal is. That's uh, Those are a few considerations to take into play here. But this is why my logo, my business has a logo with three images on it. It's got a picture of a barbell, a kettlebell, and a pair of dumbbells. And the reason it has those three, they're typically, they're the main tools which I use, and my focus is on strength training. I don't have big bulky machines in my private facility. All of the equipment I have is free weights in some way, shape, or form, okay? Strength is the goal, and I don't really care how we get you there. I use all the tools. I use them all, and I have them all for a reason. They all work, and I use them at different times to get the desired outcome that I'm looking for, all right? So I wanna start with some common things to watch out for. Some common exercises which are unfortunately performed incorrectly and may result in injury. So the first example I'm gonna give you is a strict press. So a barbell overhead press. This is where you stand with a barbell in your hands, you stand up completely straight and you press the barbell overhead. If you do not have adequate shoulder flexion, so that is your ability to lift your arms straight up overhead without your lower back arching or your body compensating to basically cheat and get you into that position, you have no business using a barbell. If you fail the shoulder flexion test, you do not have adequate shoulder mobility to perform this exercise. So for you, without adequate shoulder mobility, a barbell is a big fat no-no. You're not gonna use a barbell, that's gonna be an injury risk for you. A better option, something which is maybe perhaps more suitable for where you are at currently, would be a dumbbell. Because a barbell is a fixed implement, meaning both hands go on the one bar. So there's no independence with regards to mobility at the shoulder. You're either gonna press it up, directly overhead, or you're gonna find another way to get it there, which hopefully isn't uh, in the form of lower back arching. But a dumbbell gives you more freedom. You can independently work one shoulder at a time. You can do a single arm press if you like, that's fine. It's much more user friendly. It allows more options and space for you to get that weight from your shoulder up overhead, hopefully in a vertical plane of motion, straight line up overhead, okay? So that's one option, that's one uh, scenario. Another scenario that I often see is the barbell deadlift. So in essence, in uh, simply put, the barbell deadlift is where you grab a hold of the bar with your hands and you stand it up. So basically you lift something heavy up off the ground. If you do not have adequate mobility through a few joints, ankles, hips, upper back, or if you just have very poor body awareness and can't get in the right start position, 
The barbell is not going to be your best friend here. It might actually be your worst enemy. And the deadlift gets a, a bad rap sometimes. Uh, people in the past have injured themselves performing it because their technique is off, or they're just using a tool which is not a good fit for them. So let's say, for example, you're doing a barbell deadlift. The bar is on, you've got the plates on the side, you reach over to grab it, your back is completely rounded and you try and stand it up. That is a recipe for disaster. That is a big injury risk, that is a red flag. No, 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 stop. So if you haven't been coached on how to perform a quality deadlift, maybe the bar is not the best fit for you right now. This is why I use different progressions to take people from never doing a deadlift to safely and confidently performing a barbell deadlift. Maybe a better fit for you right now is to use a kettlebell. Maybe I'll start with you with a kettlebell deadlift. Kettlebell between the feet, soft knees, hinge at the hips, reach down with straight arms, crush the oranges under your armpits to engage your lats, push the floor away and stand it up. The weight is now directly between the feet so it is not in front of you, which also places less stress on your lower back. That is another common example, making sure we're using the right tool for the right person at the right time. And the last example I'm gonna give you is a squat. Let's say, for example, you are an experienced lifter. You've been training consistently for a number of years. If your goal is to develop maximal strength, and this is your highest level of strength possible, and let's say I have you doing a dumbbell goblet squat. That's gonna to be too light for you. If you have great technique, you can perform it proficiently from start to finish. A dumbbell might not cut it as your primary, as your first exercise. You need more weight, so maybe a barbell is a better fit for you. Maybe we do need to load your spine and have you support a weight and shift a heavier load. That's absolutely fine. But it's making sure that you perform the right exercise for your goals at the right time. And I can, I can almost guarantee you that if you haven't been successful at completing an exercise with good technique, with, a, with one tool, you will likely be able to do it with another. So if you haven't been able to deadlift with a barbell before, I can just about guarantee you, I can teach you how to deadlift using something else. Whether it's a kettlebell, whether it's a dumbbell, whether it's bands, I'll figure it out. And there, there's 100%, there is options. There are so many, I, I am not even joking when I say I have a spreadsheet of over 250 exercises on it. That's not, that's not an exaggeration. I have a Rolodex of exercises which I use with my clients and it's for a reason. It's not just so I can ver, uh, vary their exercise every single week. It's because what happens if they can't do an exercise correctly? What if I've put a plan in place and it doesn't, doesn't go the way I want it to. Or maybe they can't get in the correct position. Or maybe it's just too advanced. I need a different alternative exercise. That's why I have such a large list of exercises. It's no point just having two tools in the toolbox, but if I have 250, it doesn't mean I have to use them all, but I have them there. And that's what you have to understand with strength training is you have a barbell, you have dumbbells, you have kettlebells, you have sandbags, you have bands but it's making sure you pick the right one out of that toolbox. You don't have to use them all. You can if you want to, but the end goal is to get the result and the outcome you're looking for. Don't just pigeonhole yourself into a small category and say, you must use a barbell, or you can only use dumbbells, or 
Sandbags are the only way. Why not use them all? Why not use the right one for you? If a bar isn't a good fit, let's find a different way to get the, uh, the outcome we're looking for. So if let's, I'm gonna use that uh, deadlift as an example, because it's, it's generally a big exercise that people want to be able to perform or they've seen and be able to perform. Uh, or they've maybe done it in the past. Maybe you've done it and you've injured your back and you want to think, shit, I really like lifting heavy weights. Like ripping heavy shit off the ground feels fucking awesome. I want to be able to do it. I want to be able to do it correctly. If you can use a barbell and do it correctly, great, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. But if you can't get in the right position, if you can't perform the technique correctly, let's find a different way to make it happen. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it is using a kettlebell. Kettlebell's quite, uh, quite user-friendly once you understand what you're doing with them. But what I'm trying to get across here, guys, is the tool that you use is irrelevant. Strong is strong. The end result is what we're looking for here. So if your goal is to look better, feel better, feel more confident in how your body moves, let's find the right fucking tool for you. If it's a bar, sweet. If it's a dumbbell, that's awesome. I don't really care. A good coach will have many tools in the toolbox, like I said. But what's important is that we use the right exercise and we pick what is the right fit for you at the right time. We do not fit square pegs in round holes. So just to wrap up guys, I wanna actually go through some recent changes that I've made with clients and the programming side of things. This is literally from the, the week just gone. So I had a client, I uh, had a session with someone this morning and uh, the plan on the program, this is week one of the program. I typically uh, do four week programs uh, so this is not a four-week challenge, by the way. This is just a four-week block of training. Um, so week one is where we learn the movements. We get some baseline data and some starting numbers. And then week two, we build from that. Week three, we beat those numbers. And week four, the fun week, we beat those numbers again. But I had somebody come in and uh, the plan was to do some conventional deadlifting. So conventional means that we have the bar on the ground, we've got plates on it. You walk up to it with feet underneath your hips. You bend from the hips squeeze the bar with the hands and push it away from the floor standing up. That's a conventional deadlift. What I was seeing after doing a couple little warm-up sets and practice runs at the deadlift was, there was just a little bit too much movement at, uh, at the spine. I was seeing the back was in a fantastic position at the start, the back was neutral, a little bit of lower back arch, which is great, abs were on, good top position, stood it up nice and strong. On the way down, I just started to notice a bit of a, a butt wink and that a butt wink is basically where there is rounding at the lower back. So the back was flat and then the tailbone just started tucking underneath. And that is a red flag. When you're performing deadlifts, lower back rounding, that is a recipe for injury, okay? That is how you can bulge a disc. So that's a red flag, okay. So what I did is we stopped the set and I said, hey, they're looking good on the way up. I made a couple adjustments, gave a few cues, and it wasn't kind of cleaning things up the way I'd like to. So I said, look, I wanna try a sumo deadlift. Sumo deadlift is where you take a wide stance, turn the toes out so they're flared, you drive your knees out to the side, you sit back onto your hips, hands are on the inside, fairly narrow hand placement, and you use more hips to get that bar from the ground up to a standing position. And wouldn't you know, looked fucking awesome. The back was nice and straight. It's a more upright position. So there's less, there's less knee bend. So there's less uh, pushing through the quads. They're getting more from the hips, the hamstrings, glutes, and also the adductors having to keep the knees out. 
but it looked a lot better. The back held its shape. It held its position on the up phase and on the down phase. I was like, fuck yeah, that's a win. And I asked the client, I was like, hey, how'd that feel for you? She's like, that was actually really fucking hard. That was a lot harder than the other way, but my back felt better. There's a big tick on the board. That is a win, folks. So the tool was fine. We also changed the style of lifting. Went from conventional, tried sumo. Yeah, great transition. But another uh, transition or another variation from this week uh, was a barbell push press. I had uh, written down barbell push press as exercise number one for a client. So a push press is where you grab the bar, hands outside of shoulder width, you rest it on the front part of your shoulders, and you bend at the knees, you just do a small dip, it's like a quarter squat, a little bit of knee bend, and then you use the legs to help press that weight overhead. So with the strict press, you stand up with your legs straight, bar is on the chest, and you press it overhead. That's a strict press. The push press allows you to push a uh, heavier weight because we're getting that assistance from the lower body, the legs being able to uh, assist and get some momentum. But anyway, uh, this client unracked the bar, and I just asked her, I was like, hey, how's that feel? She's like, that's really heavy. So I was like, like how heavy? She's like, that's really fucking heavy. So I'm like, okay, cool, rack the bar. I could tell straight away it's gonna be too heavy. So I said, uh, grab a pair of dumbbells. Just grab some dumbbells from the rack there. I told her what weight to get. And I was like, how'd they feel? She's like, that feels better. Cool, little practice dip, little bit of knee bend, and punch overhead, bang. And wouldn't you know, it's a perfect fit. Fits like a glove. So that's another thing to take into consideration. The barbells I have, the Olympic barbells, they're 20 kilograms. I can't change the weight of the barbell. I can't just take off, you know, half a collar or half a barbell. So 20 kilos is 20 kilos. I can't change that, but I can use a different tool to achieve a very, to get us a very similar outcome. Same movement, different tool, bang, big tick, winning. And the last uh, change that I made this week was, um, just as an example, was a kettlebell deadlift. So kettlebell deadlift is where I start people on the deadlift spectrum. I have a, I have a number of deadlift variations which I take people through. But I had a kettlebell deadlift for, uh, for this particular client. Uh, he's been fairly sedentary for, for a little while now. Uh, not a lot of movement, mobility is not great. But we started with the, with a light weight. Anyway, he went through it and uh, at the end of the set, I was like, hey, how'd that feel? He was like, oh, weight was fine, didn't feel too heavy, but uh, just a bit tight through the low back there. I was like, okay, at what position? The up, the down, in between? just at the bottom position. So lifting it, getting it off the ground. So I said, cool. Gave him a few cues, little tweak to technique, just get some other muscle groups engaged. Hey, how'd that feel? Yeah, it's about the same. Still still grabbing a little bit, a little bit tight. Cool. So that was the end of the, uh, the kettlebell deadlift anyway, but what I would do next time is when he comes in, is we're going to do a uh, kettlebell suitcase deadlift. Kettlebell suitcase deadlift is where the feet narrow off, the feet are a narrow stance, and the kettlebells are actually outside the body. So instead of having the kettlebell between the feet where the shoulders have to kind of come inward and the upper back wants to round to reach for the kettlebells, we're gonna have the kettlebells outside the body so his shoulders can maintain a more neutral position and he can reach straight down. So that will likely free him up so his shoulders don't round and therefore his upper back won't round as much, which will therefore pull less on his low back. Can we see how that works? You can sort of grasp the uh, the difference there. Instead of having the weight between the feet, everything wanting to be pulled forwards and down, feet come closer, the weights are on the outside, 
shoulders are in a better position. It's going to take pressure off the low back. Once again, we do not fit square pegs in round holes. You must find the right fit for your ability level, so your skill level, for your body. So this is also uh, lever lengths, how long your arms and legs are, and how wide your hip structure is. So just to, to round off, this is also why I changed the client from conventional to a sumo deadlift. Wider hips, wider pelvis means a wider stance. A wider stance means a wider hand grip on the barbell, which makes it more challenging again. So I thought, hey, let's just take it to that natural wider position and the hands can come on the inside. Like I said, it was a fantastic fit. You must choose the right tool for you. I cannot stress this enough. This is something I am so fucking pedantic on as a coach. I don't care what tool we use, but the goal is just get the end result. If it means dumbbell, perfect. If it means barbell, awesome. If it means we're using sandbags for the first time, killer, learn something new. Find the right tool for your skill level, but also that matches your body. If you have no business, if your body is not currently capable of getting in the desired position to perform good technique on a barbell, don't use a bar, find something else, use dumbbells, or maybe it means even stepping back and do body weight. But the goal, like I said, what are we looking to achieve here? If we're doing a squat, what is the purpose? What is the goal? What are we trying to achieve? And then we ask the question, what's your technique like? Are we using the right joints? Are we using the correct muscle groups? Yes or no? Can you do it for the whole set or is it just for you know one or two reps? And then we go from there. If you can use a barbell, awesome, go for it. But this is where sometimes it's very, very beneficial to just pay a coach or a trainer and get a, a consultation or a session and be like, hey, I'm training, this is what I'm doing, this is my current training program, can you have a look, tell me what you think, uh, this is my technique, You know, what does it look like, is it, is it good, am I doing it correctly, or am I gonna injure myself? Because if you don't know what you're looking for, how are you gonna ever make that self-assessment? Gonna have absolutely no idea. It's like looking looking at Spanish and you know English. You're not gonna be able to read it, you're not gonna be able to understand it. All of this stuff matters. Highly, highly important information that you must be aware of. The right tool for the right person at the right time. It matters. So, guys, I ask if you got benefit out of this podcast and maybe it gave you some things, it highlighted some things that maybe you're doing wrong in your training, or maybe you didn't think about. Share it forward, pay the fee. This is, I'm not asking you in terms of money. What I'm asking you to pay forward is give this to somebody who might benefit from it. All you have to do is copy the link, paste it on your social media. Maybe it's a Facebook post. Maybe you just share it via you know, email to your, to your colleagues at work or somebody who you think might benefit from. So I actually, I really enjoy putting this information out, but what I enjoy more is people actually getting benefit and doing something with the information. There's no point me putting this information out onto deaf ears. If you got benefit from it, please just spread the love and share it forward to someone who else might be able to benefit like you have as well. I really appreciate that, guys. So dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, sandbags, bands, whatever it is that you need to use to get the desired effect and outcome from your training. Use it and use it to good effect. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend, day, evening, night, whenever you're listening to this and I'll speak to you soon for another episode. If you loved the wake-up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please, share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.